This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screener draw. Oh, Wilson. He's going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for Herb Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program. Quinn Ewers is leaning towards skipping the senior season of high school and joining the Buckeyes program in time for training camp this fall. Your Debbie Debate crew is covering every angle of this story. We've got Matt Bruning, we've got Austin Nace, and Chris Moxley are all here tonight. Austin, tell us why Ewers is considering this decision. And anything we say here is going to be speculation as to why he truly wants to do this, because we have not heard anything from his mouth himself. But I think there is kind of a three pronged way to look at this as possible reasonable reasons why he would be doing this. The first injury risk avoidance. You know, we see these guys. It's why guys are opting out of their last year of college. It started with the bowl game and then it gets more and more and more. And now you see guys doing the whole the whole final year. They they don't want to risk when there's money on the line. I think that's at this point, you know, Mr. Felix Sharp is go get the bag. And I think, you know, avoiding injury is a big part of that. And that is my reason number two. Go get the bag with the new NIL rules. Guys can make money now. I know we're going to talk a little bit about NIL, or at least I think we're going to here in a few minutes. Um, but, you know, Nick Saban just came out and said Bryce Young is approaching a million dollars. I think if you're a high school quarterback that's worth anything, your ears perk up as soon as you hear somebody say that a, a, a starting quarterback at a major collegiate program has approached a million dollars and has played all of 30 snaps. Is that how many? I, I don't know exactly how many Bryce Young has played. That might be more than he's played. And then the third reason, and I think we're going to talk about this a lot more tonight, so I'm not going to go too much into it. I think Ryan Day is behind the scenes pushing these buttons. 
And I think we'll talk, like I said, a little more about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think realistically, those three things are all contributing to this potential decision. Well, according to Pete Tamil's uh, article, um, the Texas state legislature has a law that prevents high school students from profiting from their own uh, name, image and likeness. And um, Quint Ewers, as you may expect, he's been approached about some deals. So he has the choice between being a senior in high school and jumping to the Buckeyes program and actually earning that earning that money, grabbing the bag. He, uh, again, according to, to Pete Tamil, he just has to take one core English class online and he can graduate from South Lake Carroll this season in time for Ohio State's training camp. Bruning, you are as connected as anyone in the Debbie community to the Ohio State program. What you heard this story, your initial reaction was what? I apologize to all the moms, dads, and kids that listen to the show, but it's turned into, in my opinion, a clusterfuck. And I'm not 100% sure that I really like what's going on here. Uh, we, we've talked a lot on this show. Austin was one of the ones who really brought this up. I want to say it was on one of the after shows. I know Moxley agreed with him, and, and much to their surprise, I agreed with them as well, that I, I think Ryan Day, his approach to recruiting has always seemed to be we don't know who's going to pan out, so I'm going to get the best of the best as much as I can, and whoever wins those jobs wins those jobs. They go out on the field and they produce. He's continued doing that with the quarterback class after securing five stars and four high-end four stars and then recruited right behind them and right behind them and now right behind them to a point where we were talking about this being a major issue next year and, in my opinion, not even being a major issue. Quinn Ewers comes in. He gets to get the summer stuff, even if he enrolls in January, right? He gets in there. He's going to learn the playbook. He's going to do all this stuff. But I still think it would have been an actual competition. It would not have been Ewers is the first year starter in 2022, regardless of how good Stroud or McCord goes out there and plays this year. Again, I've been on record saying I think McCord wins the job. McCord goes out there and takes the Buckeyes to the playoffs. There's no way, in my opinion, Ewers comes in there next year and just handed the job. He's got to compete and make it look better. That changes everything now. If he enrolls in the next couple weeks, it changes the future of the Buckeyes. Three kids that are already in that program. Ewers' future, it it blows up, in my opinion, the entire Ohio State program. And I think I 100% agree with Austin on what he said. I have – Ryan Day did not see that tweet from Peter Thamel come across his phone and go, what the fuck just happened? No, he's known. He's known for weeks that this was going to happen. This was a possibility. And I think he is pulling the strings behind this. And I do think – in the future, this is truly going to hurt them on the recruiting trail. I don't care how many national championships Quinn Ewers and Ryan Day win together. If they go three for three the next couple of seasons, the way he's handled recruiting, I think is going to hurt him. Austin, I mean, pulling the strings. I mean, he's got C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord there. To what end? What For what reason? What's he doing? Why? What's, what is Ryan Day doing? I think he's now put himself in a lose-lose scenario when it comes to the um, – uh, how he looks to these recruits because either you've just pushed this kid Quinn yours to come to your school a full year early and if he doesn't get the job it looks like you doubly screwed this kid that you probably sat there and said yeah come to Ohio State it's going to be great you're going to compete for the starting job right away you know blah 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 and he doesn't get it that looks bad it looks equally bad if he brought in, you know, CJ Stroud, high, high four-star, borderline five-star kid, then brings in Kyle McCord, same exact thing, five-star kid, and then not only gets a commitment the next year from one of the top high school football quarterback recruits of all time, 
but then brings them in anyway and then plays them. No way this ends looks good for Ryan Day. We had a little bit of discussion in the Discord and the Discord here before we came on. I, I, I said I had a little bit of a hot take tonight. I figured this is probably the right spot to drop it. Ryan Day will not be at Ohio State to see this current group of freshmen all leave. He is not going to make it there more than four years. I have said it for months. He is going to start pissing people off. He's going to start pissing the wrong people off. And eventually that is going to be so off-putting that the players there aren't going to want to play for him. At least there's going to be a divide in the locker room. And he's going to start alienating some of these high school kids that, I mean, every kid thinks they're going to play, but doesn't take a genius to look at these scenarios that are playing out and going, holy shit, people are getting screwed left and right. I mean, I've only been saying that since we started this show, but that, that's what the, uh, I, I, but what, from what I've read so far, this is almost purely a financial decision between yours, his family and what he's allowed to do uh, in, in Texas high school. I mean, he has a lawyer. They reached out to the organization that interprets the Texas state um, laws as they, uh, the, as they are applied to high school football. It sounds that they asked for some sort of opinion and they got that uh, answer or response on Monday that he would not be able to sign autographs for money. He wouldn't be able to uh, take these deals that he's been approached with, approached with. And it, at least from what I've read, I'm, I'm only saying from what I've read, it doesn't seem like um, like Ryan Day really has his fingers or his hands on it. But maybe I don't know yet. Um, Bruning, again, you're connected to that program. What are people saying behind the scenes about this potential decision? That it was not a shock to anybody. They've known for weeks the exact quote that I was given was some of the people in the organization have known for three weeks that this was going to happen. It's a month. If you correlate that back, that's right around the time that they, that Texas decided with their NIL thing that high schoolers were not going to be able to get paid for their stuff. There's no way Quinn Ewers is just deciding to do this without Ohio state and Ryan day knowing there's just no way. I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? When it comes to programs in the, uh, I can't think of anything football-wise. Uh, uh, Herm Edwards at uh, Arizona State. All the talk that you know he didn't know what was going on. That's bullshit. We, he knew some of the stuff. Maybe he didn't know everything, but he knew some of the stuff going on. There's no way these head coaches don't know about certain things. And when you're talking about a guy like Quinn Ewers making this decision, this decision, there is no way that Ryan Day has no idea. I, Like I said, I completely agree with us. Now, I don't know if I want to say Ryan Day is back there puppet mastering Quinn Ewers into doing this, but I think Ryan Day clearly has been involved in this decision, and Quinn Ewers reached out to him and was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Ryan Day's like, no, go ahead, stay in school, be a good little boy, stay in school for eight more months, and we'll see you in, in January. No. Ryan Day was like, yeah, do whatever you got to do. Let's get you up to Ohio State. Let's get you paid a million dollars, and let's see where that takes us. Austin, you mentioned Bryce Young in Alabama approaching um, uh, seven figures uh, for his NIL deals. I think that that's just the starting point looking forward. Um, yours is a, is um, reportedly been approached by a company called Holy Kombucha about uh, a potential deal that includes cash and equity in the company. And there are, are several other offers, including, quote, national brands. You're talking about 
one of the highest rated quarterback recruits we've seen in some time and potentially starting at Ohio State, I would say a million dollars is the floor. I would say a million dollars is the floor. And let's not forget the backdrop. I don't think anyone's going to have an objection to Quinn Ewers trying to get his money. But let's this is all about money. We just had Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12 because they wanted to make $35 million a year and not just $25 million a year for their participation in a, in a television deal. So um, uh, Quinn Ewers joins the Ohio State program. He's got another year to invest that money and earn interest or to start earning interest. Ryan Day might absolutely have his hand in this, but I mean, this we're talking about earning a potential lottery ticket as an 18-year-old kid. Let's talk about the football angle here. Um, Assuming he enrolls, assuming that Quinn Ewers enrolls at Ohio State, what percentage chance would you put on him starting to begin the season And what percentage chance would you put on him starting at some point during the season? Who are you asking? Either one of you. Go ahead. I'll I'll go first because I know me and Austin disagree with this. Uh, So the best comparison I could come up with on something like this is is the guy that he's compared a lot to, and that's Trevor Lawrence, right? Go back to, I believe it was 2018, Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant. Lawrence comes in, Kelly Bryant, the unquestioned starter, Halfway through the season, Lawrence is given the starting job by Dabo Sweeney, goes on, and they end up actually winning a national championship. Why? Because Trevor Lawrence was better than Kelly Bryant. I am not saying that Quinn Ewers is not better than Kyle McCord, C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller. Little bit different, though. Trevor Lawrence got in there in January. We're talking about Quinn Ewers coming in, even if it's in the next week, three weeks away from the college football season kicking off, not training camp starting up, and we got a month before. No, no, three weeks before the season starts, before you're on the field against Minnesota, literally a month from tonight, you are on the field in Minnesota against them. He's not going to start the season. I don't care how transcendent he is. As I put in the Discord, he's not a god. He's good. Texas is one of the better high school right high school regions that you can go against. Do we know that he can read a defense? I assume Ryan Day has given him a playbook, so he probably knows some of the Ohio State playbook. Go ahead. I was about to ask you, where, how long ago do you I think have, he just happened across an Ohio State playbook I will, as he I will was walking say this, down the street? I know for a fact there's a recruit that had the Ohio State playbook or a good portion of it a year before they signed with uh, Ohio State. So I have no doubt Quinn Ewers has the playbook, whether it fell on his visit, and he picked it up and was supposed to throw it. I don't care how it happened. He's got it. So he don't knows they do that, the like the yellow pages thing. They just throw an yeah. Ohio State playbook on exactly. like the doorstep, and you're exactly. like, oh, another yeah, yeah, Ohio yeah. State playbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's one of those things where, regardless, and I'll, I'm going to stick with it because I've said that I think Kyle McCord wins the starting job. I do think that he wins it if he goes out there and he's winning games. I don't see any way Quinn starts this year unless they lose a game they're not supposed to. And in which case, then I could see a Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant thing happening. But if McCord is going out there and winning games, I don't see them pulling him just to put Quinn Ewers in. What this really does is affects if they do lose a game, I could see it happening. I I, I don't, outside of that though, I don't see it happening. I think this really shapes up for whatever's going to happen in 2022. And I think it's Quinn Ewers. uh, the, the, The wording I'll put to you is if he really does sign with them in two weeks, Ohio State has clearly showed who they're hitching their wagon to for the future, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. Matthew, thank you for that long answer. 
Assuming he enrolls, what percentage chance would you put on him starting to begin the season? Zero. Zero percent. Okay. And what percentage chance would you put on him starting at some point during the season? Five percent, because I don't think they lose the game until the Austin. Austin. You just want my short answer, apparently, Mr. Sharp. No, give me your give me your go ahead and give me your (laughs) Okay. I didn't want to get yelled at too. Um so here's my thing, and I, you know, I think we we talked about this the other day, where you can you can lay out the facts and then come to a different conclusion at the end of them. And I think Matt just correctly laid out the factual scenario here. My my where I differ is that I think you're bringing him in at this point. He's number two behind whoever wins that job, automatically. I think basically whatever happens between McCord and Stroud, whoever loses that job, and as much as it sucks because I love both of them and I do love Kyle McCord as much shit as we give Matt on this show, because my QB3 in this class, I think if he'd gone anywhere else, I'd be so happy to watch him play this year. It, it's going to be him, and they're, they're going to say the loser of this competition is leaving this school, essentially. It's going to be understood. You know, Ryan Day is not going to sit them all down in a room and say that, but it's going to be understood. So percentage chance, I think... To start the season, I'm I I think I agree with Matt. It's zero, and I agree that if they lose a game, that's what opens the door. I'm going to give it a thirty percent chance that he starts at some point this season. Should he enroll? I, I think it's I think the chances are greater than that. I really do. Um, to at least start one, well, I can even see them giving him a start to a game that they think they have a good chance of of winning. Um, because quite frankly, I think if Quinn Ewers is who we think he is, he just may give you just as good a chance of winning a game as C.J. Stroud or Kyle McCord. Let's talk about that depth chart. Jack Miller, Jack Miller's time at Ohio State seems to be coming to a close, at least as a potential starter. Kyle McCord, C.J. Stroud, Quinn Ewers. I mean, a broad question, but what I'm. Assuming Ewers enrolls, which of these four is still enrolled at Ohio State in February of 2022, Austin? Yeah, I think Miller heads back home. You know, he's from Arizona. I think he'll transfer back somewhere there. You know, uh, Arizona State would be a great spot for him, assuming they don't get nuked by the NCAA. And Jaden Daniels leaves after this year. I think that would be a natural marriage for him. Otherwise, he'll go West Coast somewhere. I, I don't know exactly where. And then I think it's McCord. And I think McCord can almost write his ticket. You know, people in the Discord today were were spouting off great landing spots for him. Florida State after Mackenzie Milton is gone next year. LSU, you know, he'll he would. I think he's certainly a better player than Miles Brennan or or Max Johnson. Um, if he wants to go closer back home, you know, I know wouldn't that be kid. something? If you had another Ohio State quarterback go to the LSU, next, I mean, the next Joe Burrow. Yeah, there there are a lot of places realistically that he could go. Texas Tech would be a great spot for him. Um, Florida could be a great spot for him, depending on what happens there. I mean, there, there are blue blood programs there. I, I, the only schools I would say that he, he wouldn't, that he, sh- you know, he shouldn't go to would be Oklahoma. And well, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to stay at Ohio state. And then after that, Clemson? is there another uh, Clemson? Probably. Yeah. Clemson. Probably. That might be it. I mean, USC, maybe depending on how they feel about Jackson dart, they might just want to stay with their guy, but like, I there's there it's a, the list is much longer of places that he could go than places that I would say he he absolutely should not. I don't want to go too far, Chris, without getting you in here. I mean, this is a huge story. It has 
implications across college football. It has implications across campus to Canton leagues. You heard this story and your initial reaction was what? Good for him. Do it. Get your bag, dude. He is not. He is surrounded by wealth and intelligent people. He is very well informed. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's very methodical. He's hired a lawyer. He's consulted with all the legalities of all this, right? His dad is the CEO of a petroleum services company in Texas. Like he knows what he is doing with all of this. He is not ill-informed. He's making a decision about his future and I'm hundred percent for it. Get your bag. You're going to make millions of dollars in college. That, that, and you're a great prospect on top of that. So you make, 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 make millions more pros, right? I had in, I, I'll say the same thing that Austin and, and Matt both said. Ryan Day is going to get himself in trouble. He he's over recruiting. Kids are going to get pissed. They're getting passed over. It's just at some point too much. Um, I'm not sure that he starts at all this year. I, even if I mean, even if the starter goes down, I, I'm not sure that he's going to get game action behind Stroud or McCord, depending who it is. Um, they just have so like him coming in in August is a fairly steep learning curve, even if he's just awesome and he is. But get your bag, dude. He's very well informed, but it, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic. And Ryan Day's definitely backed himself into a corner. We've definitely talked about this timeline of Stroud and McCord being there, and in twenty twenty two, we thought that Ewers was coming in there him coming in now just accelerates all of that and it makes it such an interesting story um let's talk about the fantasies campus to canton angle in austin you kind of already talked a little bit about this on twitter how and chris you had a different take how should commissioners handle it if quinn ewers is all of a sudden in august added to the player pool so I, I did tweet, and I don't even think it was hasty uh, what I tweeted, to be honest. I think it, it pretty much encapsulates exactly how I feel about the whole situation. I said, if you're allowing people to pick yours up in your C2C leagues this year, you have failed as a commissioner. And I think that is in all, but there there's a very select few circumstances. And people were saying, you know, what about this? What about this? And I just felt like saying, did I stutter? Did I stutter in what I said? No. No, I did not. The only scenario that I could see it being okay in is if, A, he definitely enrolls and he does it like ASAP within the next couple of days, and B, your C2C league has not even selected their draft slots yet, and it's a startup. That is the only way, in my opinion, that it's fair because in if I'm doing a C2C startup and he enrolls, I would take him in the first round. Mr. Zero QB would take Quinn Ewers in the first round, and that would probably impact the draft slot that I selected if, if I had the opportunity to do so. So I think that is the only way because otherwise it is purely as Chris and I kind of went back and forth on. It is an, it is an access to information thing. You are rewarding somebody because they happened to be on the clock or at the top of the wa waiver wire or have a bit more fob than anybody else did at the moment that the news broke. And in my that opinion, was that actually is what hurts a league. That was my first instinct is I need to trade a player for one dollar fab, for one dollar, for one dollar fab, so I so I could so I could have a hundred and one to compare to everyone else's well, hundred. 
even beyond the Ewers pickup, that creates this waterfall where you trade for one and I'm trading for two and everybody else knows what you're doing. So you can get absurd value for your fob and it's a race to the top. So there, there is just not a scenario in which, in my opinion, that is which, an equitable solution to the problem. So, Austin, you said you take him in the first round. Yes. Where, who are you taking? Are you taking him ahead of any of the other guys? DJ, Bryce, Rattler, how? I would take him over any college quarterback that's last name is not Yui Ngalele. Ooh, I like it. I don't yes. disagree with you because I think DJ has got the best upside out of everybody else. So is that I'm the first him. hot take we've gotten from Austin and – However many months we've been doing this. I don't think that's a hot take. I really don't. I, I don't think it's that spicy. Over okay. All right. Because uh, you're I mean, gonna get like, you're insulated with your college production as well. Like that value is yeah. not gonna drop. If he doesn't play at all this year, guess what? He's still going third overall the next year in a startup draft. Yeah. That, that you have a chance to get out if you want. In my opinion, he had he would instantly be insulated, whatever happens, minus him going out there and snapping in two. Chris Moxley is Austin right in that uh, Quinn Ewers just shouldn't be allowed to be taken in this year's player pool, even though he's a he's just I mean he's just a he's just a, a player he's just a guy out there. I mean I don't know why we couldn't pick him up on Fab. So I think I agree with Austin to a point. I think you have to. I think I don't think you can make an exception for him. I guess is my point, right? You have to write a rule into your league constitution that is I, 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 something like any reclassification of a player during or post draft means they're only eligible for the upcoming season's draft that is to me is how you you handle that sort of thing right so you i i don't think you should be able to draft him right now because he is not committed to ohio state either he or he has sorry he has committed to ohio state but he is not enrolled he's still taking english class he's not on campus Anybody allowing him to be selected is a joke of a commissioner. That's like me saying, oh, Jadon Blue is – he's not playing this season. Maybe he's going to reclassify as a player. Um, and, and so it's it, – I, I think that's a slippery slope, right? So would we make the same argument if it was like Cade Klubnik? Or would we make the same argument if it was any other quarterback that wasn't Ewers? So I think you have to be very blanket about how you enforce this sort of thing. But, I, yeah. I don't remember who the player was last season, but there was a player who was said to that they could potentially enter the um, the NFL supplemental draft, and it was a big-time player. I can't remember who it was, and it was like, what should we do if this player actually enters the supplemental draft? And Austin, the answer that most gave were they just, they're just not eligible to be selected that year. They would essentially roll over to the following year's year's draft and uh that's essentially what you're saying it now. was jamar but, chase wasn't it i think it was, was it? chase yeah. i think it's because he opted out so quickly that there was a shot he could have jumped into the supplemental draft last year but see i agree with what austin says and you moxley i think you can literally write it in your bylaws as the quinn ewers rule anybody who reclassifies after a draft is started cannot be used until next year because it, it, it's just I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If uh, I'm trying to think of who, you know, jokingly Cade Club Nick, because a lot of us at the site don't think he's that good. If he were to do it, I really wouldn't care. So, so, so here's an example. Here's an example because I know what's happened in some of my leagues. Braylon Allen reclassified and came into this class in some of my leagues post draft, and he's eligible for pickup. I'd, 
don't necessarily think that he should be either, but at least he's already on campus. Like JT, JT Daniels did it, and so did um, Jake Bentley in his year. I don't remember exactly when they did it in terms of timeline, but players reclassify a lot. Yep. So it's a can of worms if you're only excluding him. So you have to, you should just make a blanket. You can't say yeah, only Quinn. It's got to be no matter what. C.J. Stroud's value now in C2C is Matt Bruning. And I'm asking specifically about Stroud because it seems like Ewer's potential arrival um, or his eventual arrival was already baked into Kyle McCord's perceived value. So talk to me about C.J. Stroud's value if Quint Ewer's enrolls. I honestly don't think it affects him at all, in my opinion. I, I, I am very high on him as well. I know we talked um, – or. Colin and Austin were having, and me were having a little discussion before this podcast, and he was talking about how high we as a site have C.J. Stroud. Now, I do have McCord ranked above him, but he's still in my top 15, I believe, at quarterback. That shouldn't change. If Quinn Ewers ends up getting the job, C.J. Stroud's going to transfer, and I agree with what Austin said on McCord for the exact same with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud can go practically anywhere and be a starting quarterback. I, I think that is going to happen. Like To answer the question you asked Austin and, and Chris earlier, I don't think any of these three guys are going to be here next year if Ewers wins the job. Stroud's going to transfer, McCord's going to transfer, Miller going to transfer, and they're after to bring in some graduate senior quarterback to back up Ewers in case he gets hurt and tank the Buckeye season if Ewers ends up getting hurt. Because I don't see why any three of those are going to want to stay there now after everything that has happened. So for me, Stroud loses no value outside of, again, you maybe don't get to play him this year. But outside of that, you're going to get him likely for at least one year. I think he's going to end up getting NFL draft capital because I believe in his upside. So for me, Stroud doesn't change his value at all, in my opinion. Austin, I mean, talk to me about this because Stroud would be next year a third-year player who was unseated by a freshman, and he no longer has the magic of Ryan Day behind him. I feel like his value takes a hit, whereas I just – perceive McCord to have a fresher slate and maybe a more transferable skill set than Stroud. Am I, am I stating that wrong or do you disagree with that point? Maybe, but I think the perception regardless is going to be that Ryan day screwed him and, and kind of pushed him out. I think that he's, that's going to buoy his, his value. Um, Unless he just goes out the first couple, anyway, there's a scenario where he goes out and just craps the bed in the, the first two games and, and Ewers takes over that way. And in that scenario, no, he probably can't write his ticket. But I think if he goes out and plays well, like we think he will, and, and, um, and, and then he still gets pushed out, I think at that point, yeah, now you, and other coaches are going to say that too. You know, the opening press conference when CJ Stroud is at Oregon next year is, we're so lucky that, you know, the Buckeyes, you know, it, it didn't want this kid and we're, you know, but we think Stroud is this amazing player and we're lucky to have him here competing for us. That's going to be the opening line from whatever coach is sitting up there with him with a big ass smile on his face because he just lucked into one of the biggest boons of their coaching career. I mean, at Chris Moxley, at worst, CJ Stroud is a second round draft pick in C2C startup drafts. Quinn Ewers arrives at Ohio State in Columbus, should he still be a second-round startup pick? Should C.J. Stroud still be a second-round startup pick? Maybe. I, I think it's complicated because we don't know what his decision process will be. Um, you know, with the with the transfer rule, I think it like ensures that he probably maintains value because he will start where he goes. 
And there's no question that he will go somewhere and start there. So if we think he's good, then he should at least maintain similar value. But if he, if we think he's not very good and he's being propped up by an Ohio, Ohio State system, that's a different question. So it really depends on your evaluation of him. I, I think second round, I mean, I'm not really someone who's drafting him in the first place. I, he just, like, I think he's fine, but he's not really someone I target. But it does add a layer of complexity. I actually think he might be a value. I think he might far, fall too far because I think he'll start. It's the same reason I like Jalen Milrow. Like, I think he'll just transfer and he'll start somewhere else. Same idea. The, hesit- the hesitancy I have with Stroud is that he wasn't these guys who was there all along. I mean, he won the Elite 11 competition, but in recruiting, he came out of nowhere. And so, you know, he wasn't someone that was on the radar all, all along. And that's kind of my hesitancy with him. Burning, should I be hesitant with McCord, yep. or excuse me, with Stroud, or is he that talented of a player regardless of what school he's at? It just goes back to the discussion we we're having at the beginning of this show with Ryan Day. Um, Jack Miller was the first to to sign with the Buckeyes a couple years ago. I talked a little bit about this off air. I think it was off air now at this point. I, don't know. I have, feel like I've been having these discussions all day now. Uh, had some death in the family, a family friend, and that's really kind of thrown him off for the past couple years. He's just kind of now getting back to it, dealt with an injury. Kyle McCord was the next guy to commit. He committed before his senior year. And then C.J. Stroud comes along, and all the rumors behind that are because all the people they brought in, Marvin Harrison, Mecca, other guys that were at the Elite 11 stuff and doing different stuff around Stroud, went to Ryan Day and said, hey, you need to look at this kid. He is really good. Then Ryan Day made it a point to go out there and recruit him. So Ryan Day clearly believes in C.J. Stroud. And the one thing I will say, regardless of how bad he's messed the situation up, I do believe that he is good at – kicking out future quarterbacks. I mean, he was the one who had to talk Urban Meyer into going and getting Justin Fields because he did not want that. Urban Meyer, had he not left, his future plan at the Ohio State University was Tate freaking Martell. Ryan Day was the one who wanted to go get Justin Fields. So Stroud, I think, is a very good quarterback. I think the difference on why he shot at boards is I believe he was also a basketball player. He has just kind of came onto the scene of working and playing quarterback like full-time. He has not worked with a personal trainer like a lot of these other guys have. So I think that's why he kind of shot up. But the skill is there. The talent is there. It's a little raw because he hasn't been quarterback as long as some of these guys. Uh, But I I do not think that – I think you are wrong in being hesitant on him. I think all the talent is there with Stroud. We've seen a couple of players here recently reclassify or do something, you know, different with their final year of high school eligibility in recent years. Jadon Blue, the very talented running back out of – Uh, Texas, who's going to, who's committed to Texas, opts out of his senior year. Quint Ewers obviously looks like he's leaning towards opting out of his senior year. Tony Grimes, the cornerback at at, uh, North Carolina, um, reclassifies and and enrolls in North Carolina due to COVID and his state not playing high school football that year. I mean, Austin, uh, Texas is the. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama of high school football. Do you see this becoming a trend where, I mean, we've had JoJo Earl just uh, come out of Texas. Do you see this becoming a, a trend where these Texas high school players are saying, you know what, I can get a six-figure deal by going to college. I'm going to do that as opposed to playing my senior year in high school. For all the high school kids out there that listen to us, if or the middle school kids, even 
if you're good at football at all and you're in seventh or eighth grade or ninth grade, start taking extra classes an extra, an extra science class. You know, they don't have to be difficult. You take remedial science here. You take, you know, you know, uh, handwriting, if it counts as an English class or something, you know, you can take really easy classes so that you can position yourself uh, to do what these guys are doing. I think that we will see a lot more of it. I think it's inevitable. I think the NIL made it inevitable as soon as that happened. Um, plus, like, I, this just a perfect storm here with that and the fact that you can transfer after, and, and there's no penalty. Why wouldn't you go to Ohio State and there's a blank check sitting there with your name on it and that you're going to make $3 million and then you can just say, see ya and go wherever the heck else you want to go like that, this, this. And that's why I said, I still don't think that we've quite reached the, um, you know, the final, what this is going to look like. I think there's going to be some issues to iron out. Um, but yes, I don't see why you would not do this. If you were a high school kid, I would have, if I was good enough at something to do that. How crazy is it that you got red state, Texas, that has a rule that high schoolers can't make, money off of their name image and likeness i mean you got free market texas that's preventing high school kids from making money i think that there's zero chance that this law is on the books in the next two or three years because you're losing queen yours to ohio ohio state i don't this i think this law is potentially going to get amended but a thought that i had is and but austin i do agree with you I do agree with you that we're going to start seeing this more often, but I wonder what the implications are for the three years removed from high school rule are. I mean, one of the NFL, um, one of their rule, or excuse me, one of their arguments for maintaining that rule is that um, these young players are not developed enough physically for the NFL. Well, if we see these kids at 17 years old and they're ready for, for college, the the NFL is going to lose a leg to stand on making that argument. That's just one. I mean, I I, I think that another argument is that um, uh, high school players as a class don't have a seat at the table when it comes to negotiating with the NFLPA. But that's a whole another a whole another legal argument. But but anyway, I, I think the NFL loses a leg to stand on if we see Quint Ewers and Tony Grimes and. Um, any players who opt out or reclassify or make the jump to college early that we find them, that we find them having success in the NFL. Chris, you're shaking your head. No, I think you made a good point, right? The, the NFL has a lot to lose by, by this. And it's the same argument that you see with the NBA and players wanting to go directly from high school back to the NBA and getting rid of the one year rule. It, it, it's put in place almost artificially because you know, th there's an agreement among players and the NFL, and, and it's a lot of business making decisions about how long players should stay in school because it benefits. Uh, and there's a lot of money at stake there, right? Like you don't want Quinn Ewers in the, in the league for one year or, or in, at Ohio State for one year, right? But I think what's interesting about this whole conversation is I don't know that Texas keeps this like, – like you said, I don't think Texas keeps this law in the books very long. California is – California, you can make money off your likeness. I – why, what prevents somebody like Quinn Ewers, who has the money to do it, that is not an issue for him, transferring to somewhere like, you know, so, so, somewhere in California? It, not a lot. And I mean, yes, you have to uproot your family, but if you can make money off your likeness like that, you wonder how that affects certain 
players who have the means to do that and like high end recruits transferring out of state and making money off their likeness. It, it's just an interesting conversation with what Texas, how that affects Texas football and how much that influences Texas economically as well. I think, I think it's a very nuanced discussion. What questions haven't we asked about this issue? What, what you, areas haven't we covered? Do you guys really think that this is going to become more common? Cause we had this discussion about Jaden blue, right? When it happened and we all kind of said, uh, maybe, but no, because he's kind of like the trendsetter in his class, right? And then probably the best player. I know. I think he got dropped down to number two in 24-7's uh, ranks overall. But uh, do you guys think this happens with lesser people? Because like Quinn Ewers can pull this off. Like a JT Tumalau last year, the number one overall crew, ended up going to the Ohio State, could do it. Can a Nick Evers? Could a Nick Evers really do that this year? Because I know he's committed to Florida, does he have the cachet to do that? I, I, I'm trying to think of like a guy who's got some name value, but maybe not up there with the Quinn Ewers. I know you really like Nick. Uh, Austin, do you think that that would hurt him if he was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and sit out this year uh, or I'm going to enroll early in Florida? you think he'd be able to do that? Are you asking our high 17 and 18 year old kids, are they going to run toward money when it's thrown at them? Is that the I know question? they are. No, I, mean, I know they are. I'm not saying that. I'm just, is it going to work out for everybody, though? Because Quinn Ewers can do it because of the talent he has. And Nick Evers, he's got a lot of talent. I'm trying to talk about a, I don't know, Matt Bruning, who's committed to Arkansas and is like the 500 something prospect. And he sees he can get a $500,000 $500, deal with McDonald's. Well, hey, I'm going to leave high school early. And go. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I take that in a heartbeat. Someone, McDonald's wants to give me five hundred thousand dollars. I'm all for it. But if I were to say, "Hey, Arkansas, I'm coming early," would they let me do that? That's my point. Because I don't know. Quinn Ewers can get away with it. Maybe a Nick Evers can get away with it. Jaden Blue, JT Tumalau. But can the five hundredth ranked prospect in the class? Can he pull that? I don't think they can. So I don't think we're going to see a ton of it. I think you're going to see maybe the top end guys do it, but not middle and lower tier players be able to pull that off. I think it's going to depend on coaching staff. I think there's some coaching staffs that are going to welcome it and encourage it a lot more than others. I mean, obviously Ryan day is, uh, and I, but I don't know, you know, there, there might be there, there might be an old school coach that doesn't really get those guys anyway, that Herm Edwards does not strike me. I know that he just broke Stanford's all these rules. coach. Stanford's but coach, what's his Stan, name? Stanford. Well, they don't even let out, people early. David Shaw. <laughs> he came, yeah. Well, he came out about the big thing today about that with uh, with uh, uh, Bryce Young getting the supposed million dollar deal. So yeah, yeah, that that's a great one. Yes, I, I cannot ever imagine him allowing that to happen in his school over his dead body. I'm sure he would rather leave there. It, and it's well, it seems like they would do so at their peril then, because you're not going to get. Quint Ewers, you're not going to get these these high five-star recruits if that's your position. If that's your position, fine, but you're going to end up falling behind. And I have to imagine that – remember the one-and-dones in college? Oh, we're not, we're, uh, Coach K did it, and, then, and that was uh, – uh, you know nobody's going to do one-and-dones. Well, everybody's doing one-and-dones now. Duke does it. Michigan State does it. All of the schools does it. You know who doesn't do it? Northwestern, Northwestern doesn't do it. I mean, it's like you—if you aren't going to um, get with the times, then you then you do so at your peril. So, but is that true? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna use a coach who is very successful, who does not do what a lot of these other schools do. That's Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. 
He doesn't do early recruiting stuff. Oh, trust me, Moxley. I have the same feelings toward him, the weasel, as you do. Uh, but he doesn't do the early recruiting stuff. He does not bring in recruits for summer stuff and everything. All these other schools bring players in. They don't offer players right away. They wait. They do everything on Dabo Sweeney's time. He was even, I know some of it was misconstrued, but he was very against NIL and all that stuff. So I think like, yes, it's going to hurt the David Shaw's of the world, but let's also be honest. Quinn Ewers is not going to Stanford, not because he's not smart. He's just not going to Stanford. Stanford's not winning a national title. Quinn Ewers said in his interview, that's why he left Texas. Texas ain't winning a national title. I'm going somewhere that can win me a national title. I think certain coaches would be able to pull it off. I think, I agree with you. They should be more like a Nick Saban who embraces it, why he's the greatest of all time. But there are going to be coaches I think can be successful not embracing that because they'll still be able to get certain players and be able to coach them up and develop them. What's what's really the difference between that and a player sitting out of their bowl game? Like, like I remember it wasn't that long ago when we were give, when everybody was all on Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey for sending out their bowl games, and now everybody's doing it. And people are a bunch of players sat out their season, right? And those are high end, those are high end draft picks, right? But it's so it's not exactly the same. But I, not everybody can do it. But if you're a if you're a good enough recruit where you think you can go and make some money, and it has to be more than the scholar. There's like a whole rule of the scholarship, and you lose it after you cross the threshold. It's it's a little more complicated than that, right? But if you think you can get that money, like does it matter? Like, I don't think coaches, I don't think coaches care as much now that we've seen so many players do what's best for them. IE like opting out of bowl games and, and, and sitting out a COVID season. And a lot of those guys are high end guys, but some of them aren't. And so I, I think if you think you can get money, I don't think coaches are that. I think they get it. Even if they don't agree with it. Like I think Dabo gets it. Even if he doesn't agree with it. We love college football. We love the storylines. This is a big one. Quinn Ewers leaning towards skipping his senior season and joining the Buckeyes program in the fall, ready for training camp. We're going to be tracking it all right here uh, at the Debbie Debate, um, but that's going to be our show for tonight. Let us know what you think. You can email us at Debbie Debate um, at Gmail. At, uh, yeah, Debbie Debate at Gmail, uh, at Debbie Debate on Twitter. Um, jump in our Discord, campusdecanton.com, and we will see you guys next week. Side of the field, intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. 
just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Rager, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.